Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome into the huddle. Matthew Collar in for Dave Schwartz today with Pete Nigerian, And we have to start the show I have a question about stocks and football and everything else. But just to take you behind the curtain of Pete Nigerian, <laughs> Pete, it's minus two degrees here, and yeah. I have I have reported you to human resources for abuse for sending me and Charlie a video of you catching a fish or something on the beach. Why would you do that, Pete? I've done nothing to you. I love football. You love football. I thought we had something here. That was terrible. I apologize. Awful. <laughs> you know, it's funny, though. It ties into us because I, I had two former Gophers. One of them was a, a guy who ended up going to the Green Bay Packers. The other guy's got a Super Bowl ring from the Washington Redskins, and they were nice enough to come down and visit. It's uh, it's a cool 75 degrees and sunny today <laughs> that might warm up to 80, but uh, other than that, it's not that great down here, Matthew. You're not missing anything. Oh, okay. All right. Well, we all, we all feel for you, Pete. Um, hope, hopefully you survive it. Well, that's cool. Good for you. And, and hopefully at some point here I can make my way to someplace a little bit warmer because the Minnesota Vikings are not playing this weekend. I don't know if anyone's noticed this. Uh, but I was thinking about the other day that I have covered the team since 2016, and I've only been working one time on this weekend. And, of course, everybody wishes that uh, it was more than that, which is, is a connection to where I want to start, Pete, with the Vikings. Yeah. Because I was thinking about you and how you are a stock market uh, guru and so forth, and also Quasi <laughs> Adafo Mensa, who has a background in that. And I was covering his press conference, his end-of-year press conference, uh, the other day. And the first question he got was to compare where the Vikings stand to the stock market, which is an interesting framing of a question. I can't say I've ever heard one asked that way before. But I thought it actually yielded a very interesting answer. So I'm going to have Charlie play the answer, and then I want to get kind of your reaction to that. So go ahead, Charlie. Sure. Man, I'm a little out of it, uh, so I couldn't even tell you where the S&P 500 is. But I would say, you know, you know, obviously you have startups, and then you have, you know, longer tenured, your your core have earned money for a long period of time, and they're less growth stocks. I think we're somewhere in between, you know, a startup in the sense that we, you know, we're a transition. We, we, we brought in a new culture. We brought in a new way of playing. Uh, but I think this year, obviously, we established our ability to earn, you know, to earn in our business earning is wins. And we've shown that our, we have a culture and ability to do those things at a really high level. 
but I wouldn't say that we're that established their team because we haven't shown it yet. We haven't shown our ability to come in year in, year out, compete in the playoffs and do those things we want to be. So that's why I'd say we're kind of in between those two, two stages right now, and, and we're, we're trying to be that mature team that goes every year consistently uh, to the playoffs and compete at a championship standard. What do you think of that, Pete? You know, it's an interesting answer, actually, and I, I, I would go even more direct than, than he went with the description of the Vikings. I would say they're kind of like a Microsoft, and what I mean by that is it's a company that's done a lot of great things. We've got a great history behind us. We've been to playoffs. We've been to multiple Super Bowls. Um, we haven't been able to close, and we're in a situation right now where we got to find a new way to grow because we're getting pretty old. And specifically, I look right at the defense, and I say to myself, well, in the secondary, we've got two guys in their 30s. I see other guys on the team, some low linebackers and so forth. They're in their 30s. And you wonder about these big contracts. Who are they going to be able to pay? Who do they want to pay? And who are they not going to want to pay, including Dalvin Cook um, mm, yep. and Thielen on the offensive side of the ball? So they're in a, you know, a bit of a transitional state right now where they've got to make some huge financial decisions and decisions that will probably impact the team directly. But, you know, the one thing I always go back to, and I've said this since the day I walked onto the the practice field this past August when I looked at the defense, they've got to figure out who they're going to get a defensive coordinator. I mean, and and when I say figure out, of course they're going to do that. But they made a huge mistake last year on a guy who's a great coach, but not a great coach for what the Minnesota Vikings have. Mm -hmm. And, I saw that in August, and I don't understand why the GM didn't see that, the head coach didn't see that, anybody didn't see that before they made a decision to grab a coach who's a great coach with with the right personnel. We don't have that right now, or we didn't have that. And I think um, I'll even throw a name out to you that that I think he's still available, but I'm not positive, but Gus Bradley, um, the defensive coordinator for the Indianapolis Colts, he would be the guy that I would be looking at and say, you know what, he's got the history, he runs a 4-3 defense, which plays into what the Vikings have, and if they're going to do something like that, then you can keep Daniil Hunter with his big salary, then you can keep Zadarius Smith with his big salary, and you've got a much better defense. But if they go the wrong route and stick with the 3-4 defensive coordinator, we're going to see the same thing next year. We can win a lot of games, we can score a lot of points, we won't be able to stop anybody. Yeah, I think that that really ties into the whole point about where they are as a stock and Quasi talking mm-hmm. about how they're in transition because there are huge parts of this roster and, as you mentioned, the defensive coordinator mm-hmm. situation that are very much in transition, mm-hmm. and yet they have these established elements. So I'm not business savvy enough or stock savvy enough <laughs> to like really tie this metaphor together, but I, I, I know that like they're not a team – that at this moment right now, we would say, mm-hmm. oh, they're ready to win the Super Bowl next year because they just have so far to go. And the question would be, even if they get rid of some of those veteran players, you have to replace them and you mm-hmm. have to like find ways to create cap space of which they don't have a whole lot. And, mm-hmm. and yet you have a veteran quarterback who is still under contract a megastar wide receiver, a top 10 offense that isn't going to change a ton. And and honestly, I think they could actually get a better running back for next year than what Delvin Cook was. Not what he was in 2019, but what he was last year uh, was not one of the better running backs in the NFL in my mind. So you can improve on the offensive side, and that's what usually drives success. So it's almost like one side of the ball or one side of your company, if you will, is established (laughs) 
and is earning mm-hmm. and is doing what it's supposed to do. But can you be a real contender if you if you're so far away from establishing that other part? And I guess Pete, where I struggle is. How do you get there? I mean, I agree with you that the defensive coordinator situation was kind of disastrous. And mm-hmm. I, I hope that Kevin O'Connell learns from this, that sometimes mm-hmm. you have to be a little ruthless and force a change. And if the guy isn't adjusting what you're asking him to mm-hmm. adjust, then you have to have somebody else do it. And maybe midseason uh, they could have made a change there and, and maybe won a playoff game because of it. But that I think that it's a, they're in a very odd spot that way in having an offense that we know next year they can roll out and probably be top 10 in the NFL, but a defense mm-hmm. that needs so much done to it. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I do think it does involve a lot of tweaking on the defense. And I, I would still stand by the idea. How about this one? I'll throw this one out to you, Matthew. If they go to a 4-3 defense uh, with, a, with a good defensive coordinator, it doesn't have to be great even, but if he were a good defensive coordinator, that changes enough about that defense that I think we move from being one of the very worst in the entire NFL to being modestly in the middle. And you can be, you can be in the middle with a great offense and win a Super Bowl. You're not going to, and we knew that at some point, you know, the, the music stops when you've got a defense that cannot stop anybody, right? The music eventually stops and says, well, you got a great run, you win 13 games, but see you later. And that's exactly what happened. And that was something that we, I think, all thought was fairly predictable. At some point, yeah. that defense kills you. Because look at the Cincinnati Bengals, got a pretty daggone good defense. The Buffalo Bills had a great defense. They are now out, of course, because their offense stumbled big time against Cincinnati. Again, Cincinnati's defense is the reason they're there. I think when you go across and you look at all four of these teams, specifically the Philadelphia Eagles and the 49ers, we're talking about the the best defenses in all of football, and those two are going to have to match up. Somebody's going to come out with the win, but the reality is their defense makes them the team that they are, and we don't have that right now. So would you rather see them – do everything they could this offseason to get that defense to average, which I think is a little bit of a shaky proposition because, (laughs) well, players on defense get hurt, right? So it's like hard to predict from year to year, are you actually going to get better? Because, I mean, you look at a team like the Raiders, they went out and got Chandler Jones and everything else, and they didn't really Mm -hmm. improve, even though they tried to make improving moves. And the Vikings, I mean, the Vikings had great performances from Peterson and from Zadarius Smith overall. And still, mm-hmm. like, we're not able to get there, even though we talked about in the offseason, like, oh, these guys should get them to be an average defense. I think it's a, mm-hmm. I think that a defense almost takes years to get to an established point, which makes me think mm-hmm. about the bigger picture, which makes me think about Cousins' age and his price, despite he was terrific this year for the most part. I, but it still makes me think about, like, as a whole, is there a mm-hmm. case to reset more than just trying to like kind of cobble together an average defense. Well, I, I would also add this. How about the fact that we get Andrew Booth, very high draft pick, he's hurt. We get our, our first-round draft pick, he's hurt. Yeah. And so, you know, if those guys are healthy, if they live up to what we expect that they were based upon where we picked them in the draft, um, I think that alone, that helps out our secondary. Because, quite honestly, I, I look at Harrison Smith, and I think he's still a great football player. Has he lost a step? I think he has lost a step. So it's going to happen when you get into your 30s. You do get a little bit slower. It's just part of the way the world works. But 
I, I can tell you this. The one, one of the changes that I would make, I don't think we can pay both our linebackers as much money as we're paying them right yeah. now, Kendricks yep. and Hicks. And let me tell you, quite honestly, and this is the other thing that I walked away from when I was there in August, and they were, they were practicing against the 49ers. I'm looking at those linebackers. They are smaller than me, and they might be smaller than you, Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and, and that becomes a huge problem, I think. And everybody has moved over to these 220-pound linebackers. I'll tell you what, you look at the Buffalo Bills, those guys are big. You look at a lot of the, the better teams on defense, their linebackers have enough size to be able to stop the run. And that's the key. And I think when we look at the playoff games today, later on when we talk about this, I think it comes down to who can run the football. And, and I, you know, we, you know it's, it's an old cliche, but the reality is if you've got a great offensive line and you can get four or five yards, you don't have to get huge chunks even. You get four or five yards rushing the ball with a good running back, you have a great opportunity to chew up the clock, get some points on the board, and beat the opposing team if they can't run the ball as effectively as you. And that's where the Vikings defense, I think, has been so weak. We couldn't stop anybody, anybody. And then when we would, or we, we got in the position, then they'd throw the ball on us. So it was the worst of both worlds for us defensively last year. That's why we were basically ranked 30, 31, 32, depending on what you know, you're looking at statistically. But we were in that bottom three in just about everything that there was. Oh, only 28th in points, Pete. You're, you're, you're being too harsh on them. Uh, you know what's funny? They actually, so I, I took a look at this, and it was, I believe, the second lowest ranking that they've ever had in franchise history. Now, I know there wasn't 32 teams uh, for the entire history, but if you compared their schedule to the time that they were 32nd, which was in 2013, it was way harder with quarterbacks. Like they played a kind of a murder's row of quarterbacks. What made this year so bad was it was like Daniel Jones and Mike White. And I mean, Daniel Jones owes them so much money because he's going to get paid based on those games against the Vikings. But no, I, I agree with you on linebackers. I think that's a, a real priority for them. And I also mm-hmm. think it's noticeable that line it's kind of a young man's game when it comes to linebackers there's a lot of space yep. to cover in today's game and it's it's hard to be that guy who is tough against the run and also can cover the crossing routes the running backs mm-hmm. out of the backfield the tight ends that run four fours and i think that you know maybe with kendricks it's like if you lose one step you're just not the same guy and then the system right. the system didn't fit kendricks really at all having him drop right. back into deeper zones and stuff and it just really wasn't mm-hmm. Uh, his thing. So it was, it was a lot of problems. And I guess that's my point about considering even more radical changes than just trying to sign some guys is because there were so many problems, but we can continue to have this discussion sort of, if the Vikings were a stock, where would they be? Would their stock be going up as a team? Would it be going down? Are they in transition and how should they handle their off season? Also, we've got amazing football games that we want to preview and a report from Adam Schefter on Aaron Rodgers that I want to discuss next, and uh, I and I've got uh, I've got a message message for Rodgers. He's listening this morning. When we return, Matthew Collar, Pete Najarian, we'll be right back. Oh, I know Pete Najarian can play this song on guitar, no question about it. It's only four chords, Pete. You can handle that one. I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, Pete, I've got a, uh, a statement for Aaron Rodgers, all right? So there's an Adam yeah. Schefter report that the Green Bay Packers are ready to move on from Aaron Rodgers, and I think mm. they're right in doing so. And uh, my message for Rodgers is hang it up, bro. Just hang it up. You're, you're not Favre. 
And this might not work out for you. If you go to another team and you are terrible, it's going to be very sad and kind of pathetic. And last year, I just didn't think he had the same juice that he had in years past. I thought we saw his body breaking down, the mobility breaking down, and the arm talent is still mostly there, but there were way more flat-out inaccurate throws. He doesn't get along with people that great, Pete. I think he should just call it a day. You're probably right, but I don't think he's going to. I think he's to, he, at least, still thinks that he's got a little something. And he, he and a group of older quarterbacks are all sort of, you know, we put them into the same group for all the right reasons. You've got Tom Brady and you've got Derek Carr, and then you throw in a guy like Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, we're talking about guys that are upper 30s. One of them's in their 40s. I mean, it's, it's pretty amazing that they're even still playing. But the one thing that I think that, that would fit for Aaron Rodgers uh, better than what I've heard others, I hear some people talking about him going to the Jets, and that's mm-hmm. the one I think does make the most sense. Yeah. Because when you look at that defense and what they're able to do, that's going to give Aaron Rodgers a lot, I think, in, in, in terms of reasons why he might have to say, you know what, this is an opportunity. They've also got some pretty daggone good receivers that they picked pretty high up that I think are good. They've got a decent running game. They had a guy get hurt early on. You probably know better than me, but Brees Hall yeah, is a yeah. great running back. Wow, he is just special. But he got hurt, and he was hurt very early in the year. But Garrett Wilson on the outside, there's a, they've, they've got the receivers. They've got the pieces. I think they have a really good offensive line. He might like it a lot there because I think they could protect him. But um, to your point, uh, is he going to do that? I, I think he still wants to play. So I'm going to say he will play, whether he should or not. He will play. And a team like the Jets actually fits pretty well. No, I agree with everything you said there. And I think that Aaron Rodgers probably thinks that it's going to go like Brady going to Tampa Bay. Uh, because, I mean, Brady's last year in New England did not go that well. I mean, they lost, I think, first round of the playoffs, and that team was a struggle. And if I remember, it was kind of similar with receivers being a major issue for Tom Brady. And then, of course, he goes and plays with Chris Godwin and Mike Evans and an offensive line that's amazing, and he looks a lot Mm -hmm. better. Uh, But with Rodgers, I'm just... I just don't know if he's really like Brady in the same way. I mean, just the the way that he has really uh, enjoyed his off seasons and extended them past everyone else's off seasons the last few years. Like, I mean, look, like Kirk Cousins is a guy who's in his mid thirties and is like the established locked in quarterback. He would never miss OTAs in minicamp in the installation of an offense and all those things, especially if he had new receivers. But Aaron Rodgers is like, ah, I'll just do the homework later. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are so let instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date download the instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last minimum ten dollar per order additional term supply we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. 
advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Like that doesn't sound like a committed guy to me. And if if something isn't exactly the way that you laid it out, because in the best case scenario, yeah, I mean, the Jets are kind of a beast and they were almost in the playoffs with nobody playing quarterback this year. But if it doesn't go the way that they expect, if we, you know, their defense isn't quite as good as last year, plus they're playing in a division there that is, it's just filled with monsters. I mean, so, you know, I, I really think that, it might not be as easy as it is in his brain. And then if he has like a fall off year, like Tom Brady had this year, then we're just kind of talking about this like bizarre and sad ending. And I I feel like, like nobody, nobody wants that. And, and are you really winning the AFC? I don't know. I mean, look at the, look at who's playing in the AFC. I I have, I have a tough time that thinking that you're going to go to the jets and just like run over everybody with all the other great teams and young quarterbacks that are there. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it would be high-level competition, no doubt about it. I mean, you're in a division right right away. You're with the Buffalo Bills, Miami Dolphins, the New York, New England Patriots, and then of course the rest of the AFC that you'll be playing, and, and and the mixture of the NFC as well. But you're right. I mean, I I don't I don't know that it's lock, stock, and barrel. He's in, and that's where he should go. I think if he's going to keep playing, that does fit. But does he look like you know a retired Joe Montana going to Kansas City, or you know? <laughs> Any of these great quarterbacks, I remember seeing, I'll never forget this as a little kid, at a Viking game, and I see Joe Namath playing for the uh, Rams. Rams. And, you know, it just didn't look right. And and you just wonder about that. And is that something that that Aaron's going to do? Aaron will do what Aaron wants to do. We all know that. He's a very difficult guy, but, uh, but an interesting guy and a really smart guy. And he says whatever he wants on that Pat McAfee show. He goes on there, yes, and does. it's always interesting, and it's always quotable. There's no doubt. Oh, yeah. Well, and that's another part of it, too, if he goes to New York. Have fun with that, Aaron. Um, so, okay, well, we'll take a break, and we've got some uh, championship games to talk about. Also, Charlie has – what's the name of the bit, Charlie? Fast Charlie's, break. Charlie's got questions. Charlie time. You better have answer. <laughs> All right. Okay, we'll be right back. Let's hit this segment running and gunning. Time for a fast back and forth with Pete and Dave. We're calling Fast Break on the Huddle. All right, Charlie time. Uh, fast Break. Matthew Collar in for Dave Schwartz. Pete Najarian, as always. And it's, I mean, it's fast. So go. It's go, fast. go, go, go. It's fast. It's fast. Let's go. We'll do it. All right. <laughs> I know. I, it's. Uh, I, I'm generally a slower guy, so that uh, that gets me a little stressed. Yeah, this out. is an ironic name for you. A little bit. I mean, it's, a, I, it's also like a basketball reference, and you're not like of the body type of a guy who plays basketball. I don't want to judge you. Okay. I, I was. Wanna... I was. Was I good? No, but I played. Okay. I was a point guard. I'm, I could. I could pass the rock. Okay. Decently. Play a little hard. Did defense. You guys... Did you guys ever see the movie Fast Break? Just out of curiosity. No, no can't say Gabe, I have. Oh, it's phenomenal. Gabe Kaplan became a coach anyway. You guys will have to go back and look at it. It was Welcome Back, Carter meets uh, basketball. It was fun. <laughs> Welcome and back, you're old. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of old people, we'll, let's start out with you here uh, on our first sure. question. 30 years ago today, you probably remember, like it, I'm sure, sorry, 30 years ago yesterday, which uh, you okay. probably remember like it was yesterday. Uh, Andre Rene Rusimov passed away. You know that name? No? 
No. Ring a bell. Better known as Andre no. the Giant. Oh, okay. Passed away oh, 30 okay. years ago yesterday. Yeah. Seven foot four, 500 plus pound giant of a man. Was also a massively popular actor as well as his professional mm-hmm. wrestling acumen. And he appeared in beloved movies, Princess Bride, many others. My mm-hmm. question for you, Pete, along those lines. Who is the greatest athlete actor of all time? Oh, boy, that's you're putting a lot of pressure on me with that one. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll tell you what, because he's so, so quoted all the time, I'll, I'll go right with Jesse Ventura. <laughs> what, with Predator? Was that? Yeah, yeah, yeah Predator. You know, yeah, that, yeah. The yeah. line that never leaves is, you know, I ain't got time to bleed, you know, so <laughs> that's the one I'd go with. <laughs> uh, Jesse also told a off-color joke in uh, Predator that I remember quite well. Um, but, uh, I'll, I mean, Jim Brown, though, right? Like Jim Brown leaving football at maybe age 29 to go into acting. <laughs> Was definitely one. I don't know. I'll give you. I'll give you a, a deep cut here. Denzel Washington's son played semi-pro football and then was in Ballers. Oh yes, John David Washington. Yes, he was, and he's uh-huh. he's been in a couple other. He was in a big movie recently. I'm yeah. forgetting the name of it, but yeah. like a a blockbuster type of movie. Mm-hmm. That is a deep. Mm-hmm. Cut. There's a deep cut. I'm sure that there's a lot more. Oh, oh well, okay. How about Shaq, Kazam, and Kazam. Uh, Blue Chips? <laughs> I mean, yeah, those were those weren't good, and I know what? Jack, and he's he's become a good friend. But let me tell you, those are terrible movies. <laughs> I mean, the easy one is really Dwayne the Rock Johnson, right? Oh, of That's, course, I mean, yeah, playing but we Miami. can't say that. Uh, Pete, Pete uh, don't tell Shaq that you think his movies are bad. I think he still likes them. I think he thinks they're good. He was nice. Enough. He sent me a, the chair I'm sitting in right now is a Shaquille O'Neal chair. Actually, what? That I'm yeah, he has his own line of. That guy is the greatest businessman from sports I have ever seen. He, rather than getting paid, what he always does is give me give me shares of stock. That's what I want, mm. and that's how he's done it. And it's literally caused him to become a billionaire. And it's unbelievable what a good businessman he really is. So he has chairs. Are yeah, they huge? These chairs. They sell. Yeah, they're they're big. They're they're comfortable as all get out. They're office chairs. I'm sitting in one right now, and it's absolutely phenomenal. I was going to say, what's you know, what's the review? It's it's well worth it. It's a ten. It's worth <laughs> it's worth whatever it's probably cost. <laughs> you know, I you guys so, will have to check it out. Yeah. There there is a, uh, a a documentary about the Orlando Magic teams when they were really good, like Shaq and Penny Hardaway. And the movie Blue Chips, because Penny is in that, actually played a role in Penny Hardaway ending up playing with Shaq because I think they were going to draft Chris Webber. And then it worked out like that Shaq was he demanded that he play with Penny Hardaway because on the set of Blue Chips, they had such great chemistry when they were shooting the basketball scenes. (laughs) (laughs) It worked out. Yeah, yeah, it did just fine for a while until Shaq went to L.A. for a while. And the Netflix series uh, documentary on Shaq is phenomenal for anybody who's mm. not seen that, by the way. No, I, four, see it, yeah. I think it's four episodes. It's great. It's really, really great. All right. Well, moving on from uh, the NBA <laughs> over to the WNBA for you, Matthew. Two-time WNBA champion and MVP Candace Parker announced yesterday that she'll be signing with the Las Vegas Aces. Yeah. Fresh off of their WNBA title, Parker would seem to make the Aces the undisputed favorite going forward here in the next season with Kelsey Plum, Asia Wilson, Chelsea Gray, uh, amongst others. Uh, Brianna Stewart and Courtney Vandersloot, the other big free agents yet to mm-hmm. sign in the WNBA. 
Does it does it even matter? Is anybody going to come close to the Las Vegas Aces? It does if Brianna Stewart ends up in New York because they traded for John Quell Jones, who is a former MVP, and they have a deep team that they've been building through the draft and through also some European players as well. Uh, and one a Chinese star that's like six foot nine, Han Chu. Uh, so they've got Ooh. like a great roster. If they added Brianna Stewart, who in my mind is making a case for being the greatest women's player of all time. Uh, then they would have a chance to battle that Las Vegas team. But uh, if not, that makes it pretty difficult. But the links are in the running for uh, Final Four, by the way. uh, Yeah, it's New York, Minnesota, Um, Washington and Seattle, I think, are the other two. That sounds right as well. Yeah. The um, the, the, you know, the the W is coming, Pete. You know, we're talking about stocks going up and down. Uh And I feel like uh, WNBA basketball is something that uh, my wife broadcasts and I've been into for a long time. I just feel like the popularity of it is finally with social media and everything really starting to catch on. Mm -hmm. And I know that I know that people get irritated with super teams, but I also think that like dynasties and super teams are what take leagues to a different level. Like the 49ers in the eighties, right? Like Joe Montana to say, it's the same kind of thing that like people Mm -hmm. like, like the warriors, people like that. It's completely changed basketball. So I feel like this is actually good for the W, even though some people will be like, Oh, what about competition? <laughs> I, I don't disagree with you. I think that there are times where it, it actually does cause people to get that much more interested in it. And I'll I'll tell you, the young lady from Minnesota who went to UConn to play basketball out there, Paige Bucher, she is yes. she is something special. Um, but I will be candid and honest. I I have not ever seen a WNBA game, so I apologize about that. So I can't I can't go on on, on too much on that, but. I'm aware of some of the Minnesota kids that have done really, really well in basketball, either going to the university or around the country. And it's, we, we have become a very good, this is the, the weekend of, of Minnesota hockey, right? Mm-hmm. We've become a great basketball program yeah. state, Minnesota, both girls and boys. Unbelievable, actually. Well, you know what, Pete? When you're in Vegas next time, <laughs> yeah. go, go check out the Aces. It's, I mean, uh, or even if you're up here in Minnesota, Lynx games are really good. So it's sure. uh, it is it is a good product that is worth watching. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll do it. We're yeah. gonna go together. You can tell me a little bit about let's what go. I don't know. Let's go. There you go. I, I actually have Lynx season tickets. So if you're up here in the summer, let's go, Pete. All right, sounds good. All right, Pete. We'll move back to the NBA here with the Minnesota Timberwolves, who seem to be maybe figuring some things out all of a sudden. D'Angelo Russell scoring. A bunch of points lately. Anthony Edwards looking like maybe an all-star. Maybe he's going to not make the team just by a bit, but he's looking pretty good. The team's won back-to-back the last two nights against the Memphis Grizzlies and the Sacramento Kings. Both very good teams, and they've won five of their last six as well. This, of course, mm-hmm. is all coming without star center Carl Anthony Towns, who who knows when he's going to be back exactly, but he is going to be back if the team is playing like this and they're playing this well, how do you reintegrate a star player like that back into a rotation? Is it possible? I think it is, and I think we've got the right coach to do it. I think we were talking about this, and you know Charlie as good as anybody, but we've been talking about it takes a while to gel together, and I think that they are finally starting to gel, and I realize Kat's been out for a lot of this, but he's such a great player. With his size, what he's able to do from the outside, and I would encourage people, by the way, I would seriously encourage everybody to go watch Anthony Edwards play because he is special. And if he's not in the All-Star game, that would be absolutely a travesty. I mean, the guy, he just dropped 44 points the other night. He did 31, 37, 34. The guy is just every single night he shows up. He's a great teammate. 
and I think he they will have a great combination when Cat gets back because I think they were starting to get there, then he got hurt. And so it might take a couple of games, a couple of weeks or whatever, but I think that that really could be a game changer in a positive way for the for the Timberwolves. But we'll see. But I think that people really should take time to go and see a guy like Anthony Edwards. And we, we had a guest on not too terribly a couple of months ago who compared him to Kobe. And I know that's a big thing. That's a really big thing. But he's got a lot of that same kind of a – He's a, he's a big guy. He's aggressive. He's, he's, a, he's a guy who wants to win. He, you can see it on his face, the disappointment when things aren't going well. But he's always playing at a high level, and he's a fun kid to watch. I think people really they owe it to themselves to go watch him. I know you're a guy, uh, Pete, that likes size, speed, explosiveness. Anthony Edwards is the size of a defensive end and can yeah. dunk from the free throw line. I mean, it's like his, his physical ability. It's like the, one of the weird things about basketball is because they draft these guys so young out of college that we have no idea what to think of them for like years. And then all of a sudden it clicks in. And I feel like these last couple of weeks, and maybe that's getting too excited about it. It just feels Ooh. like with Anthony Edwards, he's starting to mature a little bit and it's starting Ooh. to click in. And because we want to judge them immediately, but they're in over their head when they start. It's like they, their physical ability is is nowhere close uh, or, or is uh, far away from their mental ability. And when those two things start to match up, we see what we're getting with Anthony Edwards. And uh, I think, Charlie, they should be able to get Carl Anthony Towns back in there, right? It's, I mean, right? It's like, don't do yeah. yeah. I, I knew where you were going with it. Like, should they trade Carl? Like, well, they can't until the offseason. So uh, that's that's out the window at least for this season. But I mean, say he comes back and they stink again. Okay, what happens? Then they have to make a move. (laughs) Fair enough. I I think I agree with you, Pete. I think I agree with you. That's all I got for you guys today. Okay, beautiful. We will take a break. We'll come back, and we have championship. Sunday to preview. And then in the next hour, the seven degrees of Nigerian is a game that I have invented for this day. So we will return and talk about championship weekend when we come back. All right. Championship weekend, Matthew Collar, Pete Nigerian. Uh, look, Pete, I'm going to give you who I think is going to win right now. And then we can talk about it a little later more because we've got Jess Myers coming up to talk some hockey. I am going to go Philadelphia and Kansas city. Your thoughts. <laughs> wow, that was that was quick and easy. Um, I'm actually going the opposite. I'm going to give you the 49ers and the and the Bengals. I okay, think both road teams this week win. And I last week I thought the the home teams would all win, and three of the four did. This week I think the the road teams I think have the advantage actually. Although you know it's never easy on the road, but I think that they're better teams. Okay, why are you buying San Francisco over Philly? <laughs> Which is a really stupidly dangerous call on my part. (laughs) As long as you don't put a lot of money on it, it's fine. We can be wrong. And we've got to, you know, let's be honest. We all know it's Mr. Irrelevant. We know he's the third quarterback on on, on the team and all the rest of it. We know all the story now. But here's the thing that I think people have overlooked about this. Because he is who he is, they changed the offense. They've run the ball a lot better. Mm -hmm. And I went through this exercise the other day, Matthew. Get this. They have run the ball on average about 170 yards a game on the ground while he's been the quarterback. They've also scored on average 32 points per game since he became the starting quarterback. So when you can control the ball and you can get those points on the board, and he's still throwing the ball around, it's not like he doesn't throw, but 
He's mostly going to Kittle. He actually made Kittle's season this year because Kittle wasn't getting thrown the ball, and now he is. And it's just a different team altogether. He, matter of fact, Kittle had five catches for almost 100 yards against the Cowboys. So he, he's opened up that middle throwing lane that, that I don't think we were seeing up from San Francisco. So I think they've got a great chance to go out there. And as good as Jalen Hurts is, and he loves to run, um, I think that defense can stop him. So we'll see. Yeah, the two defenses here are just absolute beasts. Here's the, yeah. here's the stat for me that makes me lean Philly. Other than the fact that I once covered an NFC championship in Philly and the road <laughs> team did not have a very good time. And, and by the way, I saw that their fans put like a 49ers jersey on Rocky. Don't do that, folks. Don't do that. I've seen that done before. The fans get beat up and have full beers thrown at them in the parking lot. It's not a good idea. But 70 sacks this year for Philadelphia, Pete. That's yeah. Me is uh, now Brock Purdy has been fantastic. He's been exactly like the the dream quarterback for Kyle Shanahan. Distributes the football, gets it to the playmakers. They run the ball well. You mentioned it, but pressure comes for everybody. And mm-hmm. man, even though he gets rid of the ball quickly, that Eagles team is just so violent on their defensive line. They are. They're phenomenal. They've got an outside linebacker who actually is second in the league in, in sacks. He's done an amazing job, and they've done a great job. That defense is as good as any defense in football, and they, they haven't even really uh, given the opportunity for Davis to get on the field because they've played so well, and that was the guy that I thought the Vikings could have really used last year in the draft. Uh, how about this? And then I, I can hear the music, but 25.3 years old is the average age of the quarterbacks in this final, final wow. four teams. Very, very young. You hear it's, that, it's Aaron Rodgers? Time to retire. Uh, we, let's let's argue about this more later about our picks for today, but we're going to talk hockey when we return. How will the Wild get themselves a center and also go for hockey? Crushing it. We'll be back. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 